Welcome back, Spartan Pride Podcast. Jonathan Shop here with you. And when I started this show, I told you I was going to tell you straight what I thought, why I thought, how I got there. Michigan State lost 26-16 to Iowa last night. It is a game Michigan State should have won. It is a game Harlem Barnett, unfortunately, did not apply a lesson from the week prior, did not make a change at quarterback when it had to be made in the second quarter. Well before the Spartans are in a situation trying to come back as things are slipping in the fourth and you can't go to Katen Hauser or to Sam Levitt at that point. Cannot. You've got to go to them sooner, much, much sooner to have any chance for it to work any chance at all. As a result, Michigan State essentially melts down, can't get anything going anywhere, gives one away to Iowa 26-16. It looks like a big comeback for the Hawkeyes. It really wasn't. It was more a big gift from Michigan State. An offense that produced nine points, turned it over three times, and had essentially nothing to show for it other than a couple of outstanding kicks by Jonathan Kim, one of them hitting the crossbar and not counting, the other, the 57-yarder, going right on his NFL tape. And that's all great and dandy. But the name of the game, as Herm Edwards once said, was that you play to win the game. The Spartans gave one away. They dropped to two and three. And look out below, because if things are going to just fall apart and the wheels are going to come off, they're going to come, a, probably come off right here during this stretch of bye week as players consider their future and what they're going to do and whether they want to be around Michigan State much longer. It's the Spartan Pride Podcast. We're going to break down the 26-16 loss to Iowa today right here on the Fans First Sports Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's hard to talk much about the offense without pointing out the obvious that the quarterback production cost them the game. The quarterback production simply turned the ball over too much. And before anybody gets too excited, it's not all Noah Kim's fault. He's doing the best he can out there. What he can't do is coach the football team. That is on, in this specific situation, the head coach, who is an interim head coach, likely wants to be a head coach someday, Unfortunately, he did not help his case on Saturday night. He needed to make a change far, far earlier for, well, let's say three series. Pull Kim out. You tell him, look, we're going with Hauser for three series. You stay warm. You may be coming back in. And then you find out, is there anything that is going to be maybe operating differently? It's not all Noah Kim's fault. It never is. But the number one thing you can do to inject energy and change energy by far, in the game of football, college football today has changed the quarterback. This is something we've seen done in national title games. We've seen it done uh, on a regular basis, and it is oftentimes deciding in whether a game is won or lost. 
Harlan Barnett knows that. He was around in 2013. He was around in 2003. That's a very different sport than what we have now. You know, somewhere in the late 20 teens, we started seeing changes where teams were willing to rotate through quarterbacks. Uh, looking at the TV on Sunday, I saw both Jalen Hurts and Tua Tonga Vailoa doing just fine in the NFL as starters. So the idea that, well, you can't do something to Noah Kim's psyche or any other quarterback's psyche in today's day and age is out the window. That's long gone. That's of an era past, an era gone, an era not coming back. It's not coming back. And for Michigan State to stick with Kim, 25 of 44, 193, but that doesn't matter. Three interceptions, quarterback rating of 39. So before anyone gets excited, well, they couldn't have taken him out. No, that's the only thing they could have done to change the energy and find if the offense gets cracking. If they do, great, you go on and beat Iowa. If they don't, Noah Kim is slowed down, taking a breath. The game's gonna slow down and he's gonna come back in a little bit refreshed. what do you have to lose when you can't find the end zone? Remarkable mistake made by Harlan Barnett. It honestly really surprises me to my core, given all that, just given all that I know and I've seen since 98, and Harlan Barnett is an absolute professional, a fantastic college coach. I, I just can't believe he did not make that change at that time. That's when that had to be made. Now, the reality of the bye week, oh boy. Who knows what's going to happen from here? No team has ever been in this situation. I don't think there's much Michigan State offense has to build on. they they got to find five guys that can block consistently and find a couple others that can, find the best place to slot them. They probably need to simplify some of the blocking efforts, and they're going to have to beat people. Running-wise, you've got a real strong back in Nathan Carter who – looks like the real deal because he is. Jalen Berger looked a little bit better, but Michigan State um, running the ball is going to be a combination of Carter, the quarterback, and maybe a mix of wideouts and backup running backs. And that's fine. They ran the ball plenty well enough to win yesterday. They caught the ball well enough, I think. I don't think this was a situation where drops were the story. There were some real big mistakes and penalties and people missing blocks, but this is all miles down the road from the big fish. Michigan State did not do enough to get enough quarterback production. It was a mistake not to go to Hauser sometime in the second quarter or at least the third at the latest, and it left Michigan State with no answers except a third and final interception as they lose 26-16. to This is our breakdown on the Spartan Pride podcast. We'll talk about the defense next. The Spartan defense did not just do enough to win. They practically tried to win the game on their own. Cal Halliday, of course, with the play of the game, uh, taking that turnover back for a touchdown, the only score MSU would have for the day. And the defense took advantage of the obvious. J.J. McCarthy goes out with what looks like a pretty serious injury. He's not coming back. He doesn't come back. They got a backup that goes in there, and it's not pretty. I mean, Deacon Hill did all he could, but he couldn't do much. Could not do much at all. Iowa didn't move the ball much. 222 total yards. This is a good day for the defense, without a doubt. We talked about some of the guys on all three levels, and you saw them. You saw them pretty clear. Uh, You saw Simeon Barrow up front. You saw Jordan Hall and Cal Halliday in the middle. 
And of course you saw Spencer on the back end. The defense really should look good against Iowa. Look how poor they've been scoring. They scored zero the week before. You know, the defense may look good at Rutgers after the bye week, and then it may go uh, sideways a bit from there. It's hard to tell if the defense can sustain Michigan State in games. If they can't score, the defense is going to look worse than they actually are. So a better day for the defense, but I don't know how they are equipped to deal with the reality of what was a game that they lost that should not have been lost. And one is a game that may end up determining whether or not they have a bowl uh, visit this year, uh, which right now the odds don't look so good. Now, special teams is a hot mix, hot mess, hot mix. How about that? Fantastic kick from Jonathan Kim. A fine try in the 50 yard that hits the post. But the key play of the game was like the Nebraska game from 2021 in reverse. It looked like confusion on the punt after some early good punts for Michigan State. You saw essentially a shank or a, or, or some kind of a, a whiff uh, from Eckley. And then he appears to punt it in the wrong spot. And Iowa has all kind of field in front of him. And they take it back for the score that really swung the game. There will be a new special teams operation and coordinator at Michigan State next year. It's probably the case that there should have been one before this year. Uh, that's just a reality of the situation and an evaluation at this point. There are mistakes that are being made that would not be made by a team of the top 20 in this country. That's what Michigan State football thought they had this year. You don't get there without the special teams doing at least nothing to hurt, let alone really uh, help decide and push a game over the edge. The combination of the punt return touchdown and Kim's interceptions and him being left in there really is the reason that Michigan State lost. And again, more than anything, this is a loss that's on the coaches. It's the way it is in college, folks. These are college football players. They're doing the best they can on occasion. Yeah, it's their fault that they lose a game, but by default, and if it's close, you go to the coaches. In this case, it was clear. The Michigan State offense needed something and they didn't give them anything to, to, to work with or try. Intangibles flipped in this game when Iowa had the injury. You talk about how green the light got for Michigan State to go ahead and win their first Big Ten game of the year, get the season kind of somewhat back on track, and they let it right off that track. Somehow Iowa finds a way, gets a lucky break on a punt, turns it around, and... They're not threatened by Michigan State. Michigan State wouldn't even try another quarterback. You think they're really worried? They've already got three turnovers on the day. And sure enough, they get the final interception. Turnover number four. They're not even sweating it. That's why Iowa looks so confident. One-on-ones Michigan State did pretty well at overall. I was worried that it would be a little more tilted than it was. It's not the case. Good battles in the middle. Better days are ahead for Michigan State, I'm sure, when it comes to one-on-one uh, -on -one matchups. And it's one that, you know, you don't want to be even with Iowa. The Michigan State teams that won 10 games or more, they were clearly more athletic and had the one-on-one -on -one edge over Iowa. It's no knock on Iowa. It's just a good measuring stick. And now when the Big Ten divisions go away, it becomes a more realistic measuring stick as well. 
Coaching-wise, like we talked about at the top, this is not a good day. It's really a, a difficult day because you've got a defense trying to do its thing. You've got a head coach that you just would have thought would know better given the end of the D'Antoni era, given all that he's seen, and to not pull a trigger when the trigger was so obviously needing to be pulled. It's not that it's a disqualifier for Harlan Barnett as the permanent coach at Michigan State. It just makes it far, 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 I would say less than 5% chance now. That's just not going to be tolerated. It's not going to be okay. And when I say that, I'm talking about the kind of mistake people make when they are young head coaches. The reason Michigan State and other schools of its ilk, they should not be on-the-job training opportunities because you make, you see consistently mistakes that new head coaches make. We've seen them two weeks in a row here that you just can't afford at this level. It's very rare that somebody can come in and not make such mistakes. Unfortunately for Barnett, he's done this two weeks in a row. Because of that, I think the job search that Michigan State's actually going to fire up from here is going to take a much different direction. 26-16, Iowa City, Michigan State falls to 0-2 in the Big Ten, 2-3 for the season. They will have a bye week this week and then back again. And who knows what things are going to look like by then. They're going to be going to a very strong and physical Rutgers team at noon on October 14th. Since we got a bye week, we're going to chop it up a little different this week. Friday, we're going to go ahead and play for you. Our final visit with Hondo Carpenter as we celebrate 2013, put a bow on that recap. We're going to be talking about the Ohio State game, the Big Ten title game, of course, and then the Rose Bowl as well. We're going to run that on Friday since there's no game to preview. And then we'll probably get right back to where we were and where we've been the Monday of the Rutgers week. SpartanPridePodcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line if you wish. Take a look around the Fans First Sports Network. And I'll talk to you in a couple days as we go around the world of college football on the Spartan Pride Podcast. Thanks for your time. Talk to you then.